This is Adventure Seekers Welcome, Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. I'm your host, Rand Law, the author of the Mystic Dreamwalker series. We are now completing Book 12. This is truly the final episode in this saga. If you like twists and turns, this is a book for you. But now it's time for a quote, and we begin with a quote from LL Cool J. When adversity strikes, that's when you have to be the most calm. Take a step back, stay strong, stay grounded, and press on. LL Cool J stands for Ladies Love Cool James. It takes a little bit of confidence to select that moniker when you're just a young man. And now that he's fully grown, well, at least physically, I'm sure he's still growing inwardly like all of us are, and especially people who actively pursue it, being artists in one form or another. It seems this is what being an artist is all about. Finding areas in yourself that need to grow. Rap is one art form that I don't explore very often, but I admire artists who have the ability to flow with their words in rapid succession, something I've never been accused of. But again, I do admire the ability, and I also love the turn of phrase. As long as the profanity isn't the main theme of the rap, I seem to like trying to express myself in limited confines, no matter if it's poetry or other types of rhymes. I like the structure. At this juncture, cursing seems to put friction on my diction. Angry words cause friction, but truth renders conviction, no matter what your predilection. Still, I enjoy a good beat, whether I'm standing or resting on my seat. If I had rhythm, style, or grace, I might have better taste. But still I use my mind and try not to let it go to waste. Recollection is lahim. Still I'm free-rhyming all the time. Quoting the Beatles in the five and dime. Dollar generals a buck and a quarter. And the country's being overrun from south of the border. But all of our problems come from within. Who's a man in charge? He must be living large. With flunkies at his feet taking all the heat, and me rhyming without a beat. And now, it's time to move on to Mind and Body. Today, we're going to be looking at Teiko and the Universal Pattern. Teiko, as you might recall, in its modern-day interpretation, is nothing more than brass knuckles, or iron knuckles, or any other type of material that you can carry around with you with finger grooves, and a reinforced grip enhancement type of support. It's nothing more than another way to utilize a force multiplier that at the same time is compact and would be hard to accidentally injure yourself utilizing. Whereas with bladed weapons, there's always a potential of a nick or a cut. And I've even seen and heard of people inflicting serious injuries to themselves, and not just beginners. This happens to master-level practitioners more often than you might think. After all, it only takes a moment, a slip in concentration, or 
a slip on the pavement or an unexpected turn or reaction, and someone can be cut, shot. There are all manners of ways that someone can receive an injury while training in martial arts. After all, it's not dance class, although dancing can be pretty dangerous too. But back to the Taiko. Taiko is a excellent way to utilize your punching skills as a weapon. Although Taiko isn't only using the force multiplier on your punching ability, but it also enhances your gripping ability too. And of course, after you have captured someone and you're trying to elicit a response from them, it is a device that can be used to enhance pain compliance. Although pain as a primary source of controlling an attacker is not always the best one because many times attackers have some chemical stimulant or enhancements that render them oblivious to the effects of pain that they're receiving. They just might not be aware of it at the moment. Still, the Teiko is a very dangerous tool to have in your arsenal and having things that are dangerous for the bad guys is always a good thing. The trick is to make sure that they are used in a just and proper manner. The Teiko can be utilized in a vertical, horizontal, diagonal, or thrusting applications. And when it comes to utilizing them in a circular manner, we're just basically following a circular punch type of pattern. There's no really uh, great way to make something uh, as small as the Teiko look or have a circular striking pattern in any other method. Although, once you apply the Kempo returning fist while wearing Teiko, it can produce a very circular-like striking pattern and somewhat interesting to view. It's time for art chat, and following along in a um, similar vein, we will look at Kempo's view of martial arts styles and the difference with the system. Now, as you may have guessed, over the years I have practiced many martial arts styles, and I have found all of them very intriguing and useful. The trick is to finding a style that your body can conform to. Some people are more naturally limber. Other people have to work hard to and maintain it. And sometimes people have injuries that make it prohibitive to practice one particular style or another. Although I have seen people who are double amputees that practice Taekwondo. And I've also seen people who have uh, paralysis in the arm practicing one form of karate or another. But certain styles are better suited for certain physical disabilities, judo being an example. I know a man who for years taught judo to the blind, and that makes perfect sense to me. It has a lot more person-to-person physical contact where you can read where the individual is. On the other hand, I wouldn't suggest Muay Thai 
as being a good style for the blind. Although, you can practice anything that you're attracted to. Of course, if you're interested in training in a system that utilizes your natural abilities and, at the same time, supports working around your weaknesses, then you might find Kempo as a viable solution. Neither strength, speed, or flexibility is a primary requirement, although any of or all of the above will enhance your Kempo. The ability to understand concepts and methods of movement are more important in the Kempo structure. Although I have run across very good martial artists who have told me that they find Kempo to be too cerebral and difficult to follow. But as any of my students can tell you, it only takes the ability to count one, two, three, and to remember that there are five different things to do that you could be utilizing the one, two, three count on. It's very simple. And we also utilize the geometric patterns of the circle, square, and triangle to convey all of our principles and concepts. So you don't have to worry about learning a hundred different principles or a hundred different kata. There are thousands of variations of basic techniques, but our goal is to understand just a few basic techniques and the concepts that allow you to make variances to all of these things. In our point of view, it's ridiculous to try to practice memorized patterns of motion and hope that we're attacked in that way. Instead, we'd rather that our practitioners learn to get out of the way and failing that, learn to deflect. Or they can stop the fight before it really gets started. It doesn't really matter if you're attacking defensively or defensively utilizing the attacker's momentum against them. We have a preference for both. Our choice on using weapons falls into the blunt edge flexible projectile and combination weapon that can be utilized from anything within our grasp. Although we might practice with Taiko, for example, we can utilize a lock, like a master lock, or a closed-in, boxed-in wrench for a single-finger knuckle duster. And on that subject, if you like the crombit, then you already know that you have a single-finger knuckle duster incorporated in your blade. Magazines also are easily rolled up and utilized as a blunt instrument. Ropes and shoes tied together can be flexible weapons. It's all about adaptability, and that is one of the prime strengths of Kimpo. Flexibility and adaptability go hand in hand. Of course, with empty hands, we can always rely on our punching, kicking, grappling, and checking skills. And now it's time for our haiku. Teiko, brass knuckles, iron, steel, and aluminum. All knuckle dusters. And now we come to our Did You Know segment of our podcast. Today, in 
Did you know we will talk about just three things? First of all, in the year 1066, Westminster Abbey opens its doors for business, the most famous church in England. Now, a few years later, 1455, Gutenberg starts a revolution, a revolution of thoughts, words, and ideas because he has invented a printing press that opens the door to bring literature to everyone at a much more affordable price than what hand printing and copying would allow. Yes, the Gutenberg Bible opens the door to all literature. Then, in 1901, Linus Pauling is born. Linus Pauling later grows up to become a famous chemist, and he also wins the Nobel Peace Prize in chemistry. And I believe he is one of the first people to become a double Nobel Prize winning individuals. And he does this in two separate fields. His life and often controversial work had a great impact in my family's life. If you would like to support this podcast, you can join me on Patreon or simply buy some of my books. You can find them on Kindle under Rand Law. I have no weapons, but a weapon can be made. Knowledge of her power. Tokushi Kimpo. You have been listening to Adventure Seekers Welcome, Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. Once again, I am Ryan Law reminding you to follow your dreams.